1: and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com.
0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Today our program is being recorded in a very special place. It's the place where the seminarians for the Archdiocese of Chicago study for the priesthood. It's also a great conference center, retreat center, St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois. I'm here with my fellow priests, my bishop and deacons on our annual clergy retreat. So things might sound just a little bit different today because we're in a different but very special location. In our radio program, if you've been listening for the last several weeks, you've heard this statement this announcement discover life unwrap and explore John's gospel as a profound preparation for the nativity of Christ Tuesday evenings November 20th to December 18th 2012 each evening begins in church at 6:30 p.m. with the Emmanuel Maleben, followed by the Bible study and complimentary appetizers at 7:30 p.m. in the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center 2420 West 14th Street in Cleveland Ohio's historic Tremont district or and this is of particular interest for our listeners who may not live around the Cleveland area, watch the live video streaming video online and email your questions or comments to be part of the conversation, bizcathculturecenter.org. So you can watch online, on video streaming, this adult Bible study. Well, we have today on our program the man behind the announcement. We welcome to Light of the East, Deacon Michael Lee of the Eparchy of Parma, who will be teaching and unwrapping John's gospel. Welcome, Deacon Michael, to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ.
2: Glory to him forever. It's nice to be here,
0: Father Tom. Nice to have you here. So first of all, tell us about yourself. Your your name is Michael Lee. Now, that last name doesn't sound like it would be a name that would be common in Eastern churches. Oh, no, Father Tom, really? <laughs> <laughs> in other words, it's been dramatically shortened yeah, dramatically. At, at Ellis yeah, Island or something. I've right? tried to
2: make it Leavoski and all these other things. It just doesn't work. It's Lee. I can't help it.
0: <laughs> okay. So how is it that a Michael Lee is a Byzantine Catholic deacon? sometimes michael lee isn't sure
2: how he's got here the way that uh, the lord has has led um it really started as and as a young person i grew up in a family that was basically uh fallen away or kind of i guess you. i would call them socially practicing presbyterians you know mm-hmm. my dad was a fine upstanding man in the community and fine upstanding men at that time went to church on sunday mm-hmm. and uh but it really didn't touch our hearts very much. Um, and so as a you know wild teenager, I kind of went and lived a licentious life and uh, ended up marrying a fallen away Roman Catholic girl. Hmm. And w- she and I uh, got married in the church, in the Roman Catholic church, but n- neither one of us were really interested in being any part of a religion. That was just... You know, the context that the uh, mother-in-law wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got married in August. But was well, what happened was that Christmas Eve, um, we went back to her parents' place uh, and attended midnight mass as a concession to the matriarch of the family, not because we really <laughs> wanted to go. And there in the midst of this Roman Catholic mass at midnight on Christmas, the Holy Spirit fell upon me. Hmm. And I experienced god it was this mystical experience of god of love of acceptance of of uh Mm well-being of of just and and it just overwhelmed me i started to weep in church and all her brothers and sisters were looking at me like what is wrong with this guy you don't cry (laughs) in church on christmas you know they thought i was crazy and here i was having this just unexpressible uh, experience of god and so immediately went home to her parents' house and, uh, you know, asked for something to read about God. And of course, as good Catholics, they didn't give me the Bible because <laughs> we only have those big Bibles, right, that have the baptisms right. written. Yeah. You don't open that thing up to read it. You write stuff in it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, she gave me this book and I read this. And over these next few days, I had this tremendous con- ongoing conversion hmm. um, to the point I'll never forget because I was—, I was I would even call it anti-Catholic out of misunderstanding. I had no idea what it was. It just was weird to me. Mm. And after several days went downstairs and her mother and father and Debbie were sitting there, my wife, were sitting there. And I walked in the middle of the room and I said, I want to become Catholic. <laughs> and I, I, I think if I would have slapped her mom, I wouldn't have got any more surprised expressions <laughs> on their face that I said this. Um and so uh, I went immediately back to the town that we were living in and joined RCIA, went through that process and was baptized and confirmed, You know, entered into the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and then not long after that, just a few years, Debbie and I uh, became full-time youth and young adult ministers at a suburban parish um, and did that for almost 10 years. Um, in the midst of that, God called us to sell our house. We had four children at the time. Debbie was pregnant with the fifth. And mm. um, we sold everything, our house, car. Literally, we had just a small storage unit left of our belongings and moved to Austria to study theology, mm. um, which we did for five years. The school that I went to, it's called the International Theological Institute in Austria. One of its missions is to bring East, Eastern Catholicism and Western Catholicism to the same place to read the scriptures, study the church fathers, pray together, live together, follow Christ together. And it was really there that I met the East because there were five or six uh, Byzantine priests there Mm -hmm. um, from all different uh, uh, jurisdictions Mm -hmm. within the church. And my first divine liturgy, I walked in and I just, it was like that falling in love again mm-hmm. in a different way, but that kind of transformation and that depth that I experienced back in Christmas Eve mm-hmm. of 1991. So we started to go to liturgy, started to live as Byzantines. And then I experienced my first Pascha. And in resurrection matins, when I got done, mm-hmm. I just was, I, I just had never in all of my life experienced. God in that way of this, these ancient, uh, beautiful, simple melodies of prostopinia, the mm-hmm. the chant of our church, um, the the words that had been prayed by by thousands of holy people over thousands of years, and in this little place to be able to sing that with your whole heart that Christ is risen from the dead by death he trampled death, mm-hmm. um, it just it was just a transformation, and I knew at that moment that that was the direction that I was headed. Um and so there was some discernment and uh, eventually met uh, our bishop, Bishop John, and we conduct, you know, had a kind of a long distance relationship I guess as I was finishing up my theological studies in Austria. Um and in the end he asked me to come to the Eparchy of Parma and I was actually ordained a deacon by him in Bratislava, Slovakia. Mm -hmm. So even though I've got the Irish Lee, at least I was ordained (laughs) in Slovakia, (laughs) in the home country, by by Bishop Peter Rusnik. Right? So Rusnik is (laughs) Rusin. In uh, so hey, I've got the pedigree. Okay. Just kind of a little late.
0: So it's interesting, Deacon, that you had these really, truly mystical experiences of both times during the context of, of liturgy, of Eucharist.
2: Yes, and, and because it's really, I mean, as I found, and we find that we, we experience God there, mm-hmm. not just simply in the Eucharist, because we know as Catholics, we receive the Eucharist, mm-hmm. we're receiving the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ, we enter into this communion with Christ. But sometimes we forget in the word of God that we're experiencing Christ, him in the words of scripture right. also. So we're, we're being fed through our ears, preparing us to be fed in our body by the by the Eucharist, and it's really there that primary place. You know, even the Church tells us that the Eucharist is a source and summit mm-hmm. of the Christian life, and it's there that we should have our primary experience of God. That then it flows into all the other devotional parts of our life and our and our family life.
0: Well, Dick and Michael, as a Byzantine Catholic deacon, what is it about? You know, you have some experience, but what is it about? your lived experience for you, your family, in particular you, uh, that that has attracted you to the Eastern spirituality? What What is it like for you? What do you live? What, what is it that makes you who you are and what you are as a Byzantine Catholic deacon in this church?
2: You know, what was really interesting, Father, is that as I look back over my life, that I was a Byzantine Catholic the day that the day of my birth Mm -hmm. and especially coming into the roman church because there was not that it was bad i'm not saying that but for me there was a piece missing there was something that i couldn't get my handle on and my hands on that i needed and i found that in um carmelite spirituality Mm -hmm. partially right which is very eastern in its Mm -hmm. in its spirituality um and i realized how much of that was this preparation for my eastern experience of of a, of a a deep liturgical understanding of God and experiencing God there. But then on the other hand, having a deep silence. Mm-hmm. The fact that of being maybe not less active as lazy, but less active in the sense of being more open to God's movement in your own mm-hmm. heart. And, and as... You know, is we pray the Jesus prayer, that kind of that passiveness of waiting Mm -hmm. on God and allowing him to do those great things in us much, you know, a little bit less than us striving to go do do Mm -hmm. things for Mm -hmm. God. Um, And so, you know, that's just replete in the in the church as we as we talk about God doing all these things in us by grace. And yet we still have our responsibility you know, our action of, of practicing virtue and, mm-hmm. and, and doing the kinds of things that God asks of us.
0: Well, when we return, we're going to talk more with our special guest, Deacon Michael Lee, who's a deacon of the Upark of Parma, and the voice and the brains behind Unwrapping John's Gospel. <laughs> a great opportunity to go online, uh, take a little class video streaming, or you can be there in person in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East
2: My name is Deacon Michael
0: Lee and I would like to personally invite you to come and receive life. I am Father Thomas Lawyer inviting you to discover life, unwrap and explore John's gospel as a profound preparation for the nativity of Christ. Jesus, the good shepherd in the gospel
2: of St. John says that he came to bring us life and that we might have that
0: life abundantly.
1: And while we're unwrapping John's gospel we'll examine the themes
0: of incarnation, personhood the most holy trinity, faith, the holy mysteries and our call to holiness to
1: name a few. Find out for yourself. Join us Tuesday evenings beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern during the Phillips Fast, November 20th through December 18th at the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center located at 2420 West 14th Street in Cleveland's historic Tremont neighborhood. Can't make it to the center? Watch the live streaming video online and email your questions or comments to be part of the conversation. Visit bizcathculturalcenter.org for complete details. You're listening to... Father Thomas Lohan on Light of the East. Pope Paul VI called him a marvel for our times. Pope John Paul II called him the first apostle of the new evangelization. You've heard the trailer
0: for MediaApostle.com film, The Life of Blessed Father James Alberione, founder of the Daughters of St. Paul and the Pauline Family. Now we need your help to finish this 90-minute documentary and share Father Alberione's media vision, strategy, and spirituality of how to sanctify the media. If we can raise 10000 by December 31st, an anonymous donor will match the 10000 Donate 100 and you'll receive the DVD when completed. Donate 500 and you'll receive a medal and DVD. Donate 1000 or more and you'll receive a statue, medal, and DVD. For free holy cards of Father Alberione's prayer, offering up the Mass in reparation for evil media, and that good media may increase, email us at mediaapostle at aol.com. Please watch the trailer at www.mediaapostle.com And donate securely online today. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lee, your host, and today our special guest is Deacon Michael Lee, who, as I mentioned, is the voice and the brains behind something we've been promoting here on the program: Unwrapping John's Gospel. Wonderful opportunity to have an adult Bible study, either live and in person or through video streaming. And again, to find out about that, go to bizcathculturalcenter.org. That's biz, like Byzantine, B-Y-Z, bizcathculturalcenter.org. Deacon Michael Lee, as I mentioned, is a deacon of the Eparchy of Parma, Eparchy, the diocese which I belong to. And also, Deacon Michael is connected with this Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center in Cleveland, Ohio, which we'll be talking about in a moment or two. But first of all, Deacon Michael, tell us about what it's like to be a Byzantine Catholic deacon. In other words, what do you do? What can a Byzantine Catholic deacon do that maybe a Latin deacon can't do or vice versa? What's it like to be a Byzantine Catholic deacon? What do you do?
2: Yeah, it really is. It really is different. And the focus of the the ministry, I think, in a lot of ways is a little bit different. The emphasis is a little bit different, where you don't find uh, a Roman Catholic deacon having much direct involvement in the liturgy he just does a couple things of course he's an ordinary minister of the eucharist and those things but his role during the liturgy is is quite minimal basically he does a couple things and reads the gospel Mm -hmm. where the byzantine uh deacon is really an angel in fact the stole that we wear that's called the orarion is the is if you look at uh, the iconography of the angels, they wear a stole, and even at times wear the stole in the same configuration we do. So really, we're a messenger, mm-hmm. and we are the ones who lead the lead the congregation in prayer as we beseech God um, in litanies during the and during the, the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we are, of course, a ordinary minister of the Eucharist also. Um, where you, where you really do see the difference is that. Byzantine deacons cannot bless mm-hmm. only only priests and bishops in the Byzantine so they Church. They can't. Can.
0: They cannot bless a wedding. Cannot a uh, Right.
2: So, of course, the the idea of marriage in the Roman Church is a little bit different because the two people that are being married administer the sacrament, and the priest basically pres- presides. Right. In the Byzantine Church, of course. Um, the priest has to give the blessing Mm -hmm. of the crowning for it to be valid sacramentally. Well, since a deacon can't give that blessing, Mm -hmm. then a deacon cannot marry in the Byzantine church his counterpart, of course, in the Roman Catholic Church can. Also, um, a a Roman Catholic deacon is an ordinary minister of uh, baptism, Mm -hmm. and I am not. Mm -hmm. And so I'm an extraordinary minister, kind of along the lines of a layman in the Roman Catholic Church that way. So we really don't preside over services, Mm -hmm. really. Um, We're really this... Well, we get to order everybody around. Quite frankly, we tell people to pay attention. We tell mm-hmm. them, to, you know, we tell them right. to be to listen. We we tell the <laughs> priest where to go. We tell the priest what to bless. We just get to order everybody so around, nice. and then we sing a lot, and that's kind of what we do. So.
0: <laughs> For the sergeant at arms, right?
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. And and in fact, what's interesting, in fact, from a point of the liturgy, because in the early liturgy, the catechumens and the and the and the penitents couldn't remain during the anaphora and the Eucharist mm, mm-hmm. and were removed, left the church. Mm-hmm. In one part of the, the liturgy, the deacon sings, the doors, the doors, and wisdom, let us be attentive. Mm-hmm. And that command is for the subdeacons to run the rest of the people out and actually shut the doors to the nave of the church
0: so that the Eucharist could be celebrated uh, properly with those people not being present. Deacon, you said that the deacon, as you described it, it's rather interesting, described it as a like kind of the angel of the liturgy, Right. Yes, the messenger. In a the way messenger, yeah. Whenever you send it to your wife, how does she react that you're an angel? <laughs> yeah,
2: my wife. Yeah, I could just see her. I could hear her eyes rolling all the way from here as you say angel. <laughs> um, but, you know, as as I'm sure that you've spoken to too many times about the married priesthood and married mm-hmm. clergy in the, in the Byzantine church. Um, and you know, I am married, I have five children and, and unlike many of the deacons, I work full time for the eparchy. I'm not, uh, you know, oftentimes in the, even in the Roman Catholic church, a a married deacon is a professional man, often retired, who has this ministry later in life. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this right now. And you, you know, when I was in Europe at the International Theological Institute, almost every byzantine priests there except one was married mm-hmm. and i and i got to watch how those men integrated mm-hmm. and brought together these two what seemed to be and for many in the minds of many roman catholics i think are totally disparate
0: right uh-huh. lives mm-hmm.
2: and and what you do is is that you end up you know you end up ministering through the family. Mm -hmm. So it isn't that they're over, you know, off to the far side, you put, don't put them on the Mm -hmm. sideline and then you go do your quote unquote thing. You minister to and through them. And, and involve them. It's, you know, my wife is, is, is we were called to this together. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that received the sacrament of holy orders, but my wife was no less called to be a wife of a deacon, you know, a deacon. It's, it's, she has a particular calling and charism that complements my calling and charism as a deacon. Mm-hmm. And we have to do that together. Not, and not just she and I, but the rest of my family. And so my daughter is a, sings is a cantor, all my four sons, um, serve I just my five-year-old just started to serve the liturgy and uh, yeah we have a little bit of work to do with him but uh, he's he's beautiful in this little steekar you know waving at the old ladies through the icon screen you know holding his candle and we just it we you know because because as the second vatican council tells us that the the greatest error of this modern age is the separation of the gospel from life mm-hmm. and the only way we as as christians can live out what god wants us to do is to integrate the gospel in life in other words our life becomes a gospel our life becomes the good news and in doing that then there's really no problem i mean of course you always have to be careful of balance and you know take care but but quite frankly if you're if you have emptied yourself if you've if you've allowed god to empty yourself as as we say kenosis this canonic event of being emptied and then the theosis of god as god fills us with his life and sanctifies us then those problems really aren't problems they're just another occasion for grace
0: and as in preparation for you becoming an of the church who is married with a family you you said you watched you noticed you learned from other married priests just as in europe right now does that mean that perhaps you might be thinking It might feel called to become a married priest in the Eastern Church?
2: Yeah, I, actually, I certainly do. Um, and again, it was interesting, as I told you, that from the beginning of my time as a Roman Catholic, from my conversion as, to a Roman Catholic, I, I, only later I saw that I was called to be a Byzantine. But it was the same with the priesthood. These All these different events in my life that I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. Things that God spoke said to me or other people, things that other people said didn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. until this calling to, what, to the priesthood for me came. And then my life just kind of clicked into place like a, a puzzle piece is coming together. And I, now I can look all the way back the 20 years of being a Catholic and see that that call had always been there. I just couldn't recognize it till God got me to the
0: place where it made sense. It's interesting that in the church, with the church beating with both lungs, that we can start in one area of the church but be called to another area. It doesn't mean that we're like, for instance, you began as a Latin Rite Catholic. It doesn't mean that, well, we're saying the Eastern Church is better than the Latin Rite or vice versa. It's simply a place where you started and a place where essentially, you know, now was where you ended up as is, is an Eastern Catholic. So it's interesting how the, the beauty of the church, that complementarity, that you can start in one place but be called to another, still be all part of the one one church.
2: You know, it was really interesting at this International Theological Institute, as I would said earlier, that we prayed together a lot. So, you know, it would be Saturday night, Great Vespers, Byzantine. Then we would have you uh, the, you know, Vespers, this Sunday mm-hmm. night two of, of the Latin – Uh, vespers and whatnot so all these roman catholic and byzantine students were praying each other's liturgies Mm, and you know divine office and Mm -hmm. everything all the time and there were there were several people that i knew that roman catholics that attended every byzantine thing they could and yet in the end said i'm not byzantine i -hmm. love it it's beautiful but i'm a roman catholic and 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 didn't and we're, we're absolutely satisfied with being a Roman Catholic and loved, loved the liturgy, loved our mm-hmm. our divine praises. But in the end said, no, I'm a Roman Catholic. I'll never be Byzantine, good grief. you know." So it, it, it really is, it's, the, yes. it's this pluriformity, right? It's this diversity yes. within the unity of the church that's a beautiful expression of God.
0: Well, once again, if you wanna hear a lot more from Deacon Michael, all he has to offer as he unwraps John's Gospel, you can go to bizcathculturalcenter.org and that's going to be Tuesday evenings, November twentieth to December eighteenth. November twentieth to December eighteenth, starting at seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. Eastern, time, Eastern time. time. Again, bizcathculturecenter.org to get this great course, an adult Bible study, wrapping John's Gospel by Deacon Michael Lee, our guest today. A live video streaming online. Thank you, Deacon Michael, for being a part of our program today. I'm Father Thomas Leah on Light of the East.